Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Can you say a loud amen? amen? Okay, so we started a series on Thursday called History Makers and World Changers. That's the title of the uh, topic this month of February. History Makers and World Changers. And we started talking about, uh, especially on, on Thursday, who can remind me what our emphasis was on Thursday? Who was here on Thursday? All right. What was our emphasis on Thursday? God needs a man. And that man includes a woman. All right. God needs a man. And we emphasize that God's response to human problem is to look for a man. And God could use anyone who makes himself what? Available. Do you remember that? Okay, do you remember that? Yeah, that God will use anyone who makes himself what? Available. And that God is not interested in just golden vessels. God is not just interested in, right? Silver vessels. But what does God want? A vessel that makes himself available. Everyone say available. Yeah, because Paul, Paul tells Timothy, you can put up that scripture for me. Paul tells Timothy that if a man purifies himself, praise God, God will use him as a vessel to honor. So God is not choosing whom to use. People are getting themselves usable. And that's very important. Because sometimes we can feel, oh, God just chose this person. Oh, God chose this person. No. The Bible says that if a man cleanses himself, purifies himself, then God can use him. So there is an attitude of a man who wants to be used by God. You know, many times, people take the grace of God for granted, right? Oh, the grace of God is available. The grace of God will just use me. You know, I'll, I'll say this all the time. Paul says... I did not receive the grace of God in vain. Right? Then he goes on to say, I labor more than you all. You know, a Christian who does not understand the balance between grace and labor would always be frustrated. That's why you see that sometimes people go and get anointed virus for exams. Did you know of all those anointed virus? Praise God. Or did you use one? You are not sounding very sure. Did you use one anointed by you? <laughs> did it work? I'm sure you failed. Make sure your phones are turned off. It's very important. The house of God must not be distracted. All right? You know, they anoint the bio. <laughs> then you go to the exam. And they've told you how anointed this man of God is. And you see the exam question. Out of five, pick three. You don't even know the five. You don't even know 
anyone. You're asking yourself, what, what would I pick from here? Hoping that the Bible, you see, Christianity is never a basis for foolishness. If your Christianity is not producing results, check the message you're listening to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If your frustration is being recycled, check the message. A, a proper understanding of how God works will make you at peace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright. I want just to start from 2 Timothy. We read that on Thursday. And please, all our messages are free and available. So after the service, if you want it, uh, there are people to help you get it on your WhatsApp. 2 Timothy chapter 2, go to verse 20. Now, in a large house... There are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood, of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Now, if you read this verse of scripture, and it says, in a large house, there are golden vessels, there are earthen vessels, and some to honor and some to dishonor, what will naturally come to your mind? Talk to me. Golden vessels are for honor. Right? Hello? And then? 18 vessels are for dishonor. You know, married women, not single women now. Married women have those vessels that only come out when big visitors come out. Right? When you have a special guest, even the husband will be surprised. Where, where are these plates coming from? Those ones are for special guests. They'll tell you. It's not for you. All right? Singles don't have. Singles have one plate for everybody. All right. But when you get married, you now understand that in the house, there are places you are not aware of. You know, every time my wife travels and I'm at home, then I'm calling for directions. You would think spoon is easy to find. You would think spoon. Spoon should not be difficult until you enter the kitchen and you say, Lord, help me. <laughs> Praise God. All right. But that's not what the Bible means. Look at the next verse. The next verse tells us something. It says, verse 21, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor. So if you are a golden vessel and you are not prepared, you will not be a vessel for honor. But if you are an earthen vessel and you cleanse yourself, what will happen? You will be a vessel unto honor. Are you following what I'm saying? So, uh, I was born to a rich parent. I went to school. Those things don't matter when God wants to use a man. Of course, you should go to school. But those are not the key things. The Paul says, not many who are noble are called. Are you hearing this now? That's what Paul says. Not many who are noble. Not many who, are, uh, who have great education. He says, but he chose the weak things of this world to confound the wise. Any man who cleanses himself is usable. And we said, it doesn't mean that we all have to be preachers. God's response to human suffering is to send a man with a vision and a burden. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, every problem in society, the solution lies within the church. You know, a lot of people say there's corruption in Nigeria. I agree with them. But, if they check all our sources of wealth, they say all the Christians, all the Christians in Nigeria line up this way. 
Right? Of course. The Christians should not be corrupt. So they say all the Christians line up. Come and explain how you got all the money you got in the last one year. Are you sure you are ready for that explanation? Some of us didn't return change. You, you don't think that's corruption, right? Oh, that's not corruption. Corruption is when it's in billions. If it's in hundreds of naira, it's just taking. The solution to Nigeria's problem is not in Asorok. The solution to Nigeria's problem is all of us here on a Sunday morning who come to church. If we would live right, the nation will be right. That's the truth. There is no one person you are going to vote that will change the nation. Are you hearing this? You are the change that the world needs. It means that the change that our society needs starts from Monday morning when you go to work tomorrow. That's where the change starts from. And so as Christians, we understand that responsibility to be history makers and world changers. So this morning, I want to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit, which is part two of our message. Go to Acts chapter 17, first of all, and verse 6. Acts 17 and verse 6. This is where we took our theme from. Acts 17, verse 6. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset the world have come here also. The word upset there is the word says they have turned the world upside down. They've turned the world upside down. That's how they refer to the apostles. They've turned the world upside down. Why did they refer to them like that? Because they came with new set of values. Praise God. They came with new set of values. I always tell people this. You cannot change a world you are in love with. You know, if you like disorder, when they bring order, you hate the person that brings order. I always tell people this. Why, why are you afraid of accountability? Why should you be afraid of accountability? I was talking to a pastor. We were running a project uh, in our Bonny church. And I was talking to uh, another young pastor. So he said, when, since you are not there, how, how are they doing it? I said, I don't have to be there. I don't have to be there. If, as you are, I'm using an example, not you. <laughs> but if as you are, your colleagues cannot trust you with money, there's a problem. They give you money, huh? meeting money, association money. They immediately entered your account. You now remember that you wanted to buy one shoe, that when they need it, you will put it. You see, that thinking already is faulty. You know why that thinking is faulty? You, what does not belong to you, you have plans for it. So when they now say, bring it, stories now start. Your grandmother died. And you have forgotten that you told us that your grandmother died last year. This is the second death. You see, a, a, a Christian, his word is his bound. If I tell you something, that should be it. 
That's why if you lie a lot, you would have memory problems. Because you cannot remember the last thing you said. If it is the truth, it will be consistent for the rest of your life. See, we cannot change a word we are like. That's the basis. If, we, if we're talking about change, it means that we are not comfortable with the current status quo. Hallelujah. Are you, are you still with me? Come on, talk to me. Are you still with me? We cannot talk about transforming people if we have not been transformed. So the first responsibility of a history maker is not to look outward, it's inward. The day you get uncomfortable with the way things are, that day you will initiate change. And God is holding us responsible for society. When God created Adam, he gave Adam the garden to take care of the garden. And we know what happened. Praise God. Are you still here? We know what happened. Responsibility is the most important word you must learn as a Christian. Responsibility. Now let's go on. It says they've turned the world upside down. So the apostles came. In the midst of hatred, they showed love. Right? Let me tell you something. They were, they were stoning Stephen. They were stoning Stephen. And Stephen says, forgive them. Wow. Forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. How can you say adults stoning you don't know what they're doing? You see, if Stephen had been taught the love of God, Remember, Stephen was not a first apostle of Jesus. You, Philip, um, Stephen was part of the deacons that came in Acts chapter 6. Which means that the apostles that walked with Jesus have heard the teachings of Jesus, imbibed the teachings of Jesus, and taught Stephen to the point that when Stephen was being killed, his response was the same response Jesus gave on the cross. Which means that if you are well taught, you should be like Jesus. Oh, nobody is perfect. So what do you want to do? Do you want to misbehave? You know, every time people throw that nobody is perfect card, they want to misbehave. Why can't you strive for perfection? Then they will not ask you, are you perfect? So that you will say no. When you now say no, they say, eh. I, I, I always tell pastors, I always tell pastors this, the pastors that I train, I always tell them this, don't ever buy that when people say pastors are human. We are human. You see, but if you consistently buy into that truth, something will happen. You will give yourself excuses to misbehave. You have to hold yourself to higher standards. Are you here? Not, not by denying your humanity, but you tell yourself, see, the spirit of God lives in me. I will be an example. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every time you say, oh, uh, pastors are human, you misbehave. Pastors, before you know, you are given an opportunity for the gospel to be discredited. Praise God. Are you still here? All right. So he says, they turned the world upside down. So they came... And they change the values of people. Change the value system. That's what the gospel does. Let, let, child of God, the gospel is not just to get you to heaven. 
If the gospel is just to get you to heaven, the day you got born again, you should have just gone to heaven. Because I tell people this, when you look at it logically, it looks like God is losing. Because the more people get born again and stay here, the more they are misbehaving. It looks, in quote, like God is losing. Because if some of us, the first day we got born again, we just went to heaven. We will not have committed all the many sins we have committed in between that we are asking for forgiveness. You know, some people are specialists in forgiveness. They are always receiving forgiveness. You see them pray, oh, Father God, the sins I committed, the sins I'm planning to commit, and then uh, the sins of omission and commission. You know, when, once I, I'm hearing a prayer and I'm hearing omission and commission, I say, this one is a suspect. <laughs> you see, we should strive for higher things in life. We can't keep falling down and getting up. The righteous fall at seven times and start. Those should not be your favorite scriptures. What about the, when the Bible says he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed? It's like somebody would always, you know, I always tell my people, you know, somebody would always say, where is it in the Bible that it says you should not drink? Why is it that scripture you are looking for? What do you want to hear? There's a scripture that says raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick. You don't look for that one. It's the one that your two favorite Bible verses is where Jesus turned water into wine. You don't forget that passage. Let me tell you, if you set your mind on failure, you would fail. If you set your mind on overcoming, you would overcome. When you look at the Bible, set your mind for higher things. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that women receive their dead back to life. Those scriptures should inspire you. That nothing dies in my hands. Whatever dies, I, I'll take it back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you see, when we read the scripture, we should be inspired by the right things. Inspired by people who set the standard so high, it looks almost impossible to meet. And let me tell you, there's nothing in scripture that's impossible for you. We don't just claim the blessings of scripture, we, cl- we claim the character of scripture. Hallelujah. All right. So let's look at the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. Genesis 1, 2. All right. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. Story of the beginning. The earth was formless and void. Remember I said this on Thursday. That the child of God was designed to turn hopeless situations around. The child of God does not complain. And let me go back a bit. There's a reason I talked about Stephen forgiving those people. Right? You know the kind of prayer we pray today in church? There's no forgiveness in it. How many of you know? You don't know? The kind of prayers we pray in church. You know, when you come here and we're praying the Pauline epistles, it seems like we're not praying. Say, pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Pray, pray that you, you'll be strengthened with might in inner man. You know, it doesn't look like very serious prayer points. But you say, let's pray. That anything, once you hear anything, mm-hmm, anything standing in front of you should die. You, all your energy comes out. <laughs> you have not learned Christ. Your primary desire for your enemy should be salvation. See, your primary desire. What about, what about if they don't want to let me see road? Why are you not seeing road? Why? You chose not to see. You will never have greater enemies than Jesus had. 
Because the Bible says, if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the king of glory. When Jesus was being attacked, it was to stop God's plan, to stop redemption. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That when you look at a sinner, what comes to your mind is how can this person be born again? Are you following this? Oh, but they lied against me. Look at Joseph. Oh, but I'm, you know, being persecuted for what I did not do. That's why the story of Joseph is in the Bible. It's not about his becoming a prime minister. It's how he became a prime minister becomes a model to you. How did Joseph become a prime minister? The Christian foremost is character transformation. Child of God, if there is no character transformation, there is no salvation. The fruit of salvation is character transformation. That's why when we got born again in those days, you know, we don't sing those songs now, but uh, we used to sing a very simple song. The things I used to do. How many of you know that song? Right? I do them no more. Great change since I'm born again. Right? The things I used to do, I do them no more. The places I used to go, you know, I go there no more. Yeah. Great change since I'm born again. Great change since I'm born again. Character transformation is how we change the world. Husbands showing love to their wives in the way that Christ loved the church. It's not, you know, love by butter. If you submit, I will love. If you don't submit, I will not love. If you love me 50, I will bring 50. What are you bringing to the table? So I'll bring what I'm bringing to the table. It's not gambling. Showing the love of Christ. Submitted in the way of Christ. Are you, are you still here? That's how we bring change to the world. Because if we don't change ourselves, we cannot change the world. So let's look at Genesis chapter 1, the Holy Spirit. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was up over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, we see the introduction of the Spirit of God. We see the introduction of the Spirit of God. Now, in Psalm chapter 104, verse 30, it tells us the, the role that the Spirit played. Psalm 104 and verse 30. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 104, verse 30. Hallelujah. Psalm 104, verse 30. You sent forth your spirits, they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. You send forth your spirit and they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. Now, it tells us, first of all, that the spirit of God is a creative spirit. Yeah? The spirit of God is a creative spirit. Which simply means that the Spirit of God is not just for us to fall down. It's not just for us to speak in tongues. It's not just for us to blast in tongues. It is a creative spirit. It says, you sent forth your spirit and they are created and you renew the face of the ground. So, in Genesis chapter 1, there was darkness upon the face of the earth. It was formless. It was chaotic. And the Spirit of God was moving. And what do we see next? God begins to create. Order comes in. Creative order comes in. That's why 
I don't like this order. I, I don't. I, he said, the Spirit of God cannot be consistent with this order. That's the truth. You know, many people are not comfortable with order. They don't like order. <laughs> I, was, I entered an Uber, went to get something yesterday. And I was telling the guy, and he was telling me a lot of things. So I was telling him what he was talking about. Ah, you know, in, in uh, developed countries, you know, he was talking about a lot of things about developed. You know, there are people who think they know more about developed world that have never been to Lagos. But they know more because they watch movies. So when he was done, so I now asked him that the way they are doing Uber there, is that how you are doing Uber here? Huh? This one that they will do, you want to go offline, you want to do this, all kinds of things. We like disorder. You see, in your life, don't ever be comfortable with disorder. The Spirit of God is orderly. Imagine the Holy Ghost for God to raise Jesus on the third day. After, after prophecies, thousands of years have gone forth. Then the Holy Spirit overslept. Because that's how some of you oversleep all the time. And then on the fourth day, he just woke up and said, Ah! Jesus is supposed to have gotten up. You see, all prophecies would have been false. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be orderly. The Bible says, let everything be done decently and in order. You see, when, when an unbeliever walks into the house of a child of God, it should be different. What I'm teaching you is not just for church. Every aspect of your life, there should be order. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of order. God did not create it and create everything. I just say, ah, where is light? Say, ah, I forgot light. No, everything. Go and read creation. Go back, read Genesis, Right? Everything was done orderly. 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 Everything was created orderly. There are things in your life. Go, go look for my message, order and systems, and listen to. There are things in your life that should come first. When Jesus came to the earth, he picked his disciples first. He did not preach first. God is disciples first. And let me tell you something. Study the life of Jesus. He spent more time preaching his disciples than preaching to the multitude. Although the multitudes were bigger. You know why? Because when he died, it's the disciples that will carry the message. Sometimes, there might be things that will give you larger opportunities, but they will not sustain your future. Go and read the book of Ecclesiastes. I taught it in the Bonnie Island Church. Right? Solomon says, what use is it for a man who labors night and day and does not consider who will inherit his labor. You know what that means? It means that a man who is laboring should be concerned about his child. Because if you don't raise your child well, he will sell all your <laughs> he will sell the house you used 20 years of hard labor to build eh? for $5,000 and go and buy Nike shoes. That, that's what Solomon was saying. He said a man labors but does not consider who will inherit his labor. He said, this is vanity. Are, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? Which means that, I'm diverting from my message, I'll come back. Which means that a man who is thinking of making money should also prioritize the raising of his child. Because the future of that investment is based on the quality of the child you raise. So it will be disorderly to so much focus on money and not pay attention 
to the seed you're raising. Are you following this? That's why he says sometimes as pastors, we focus on leaders. It's not because we don't like the crowd. The future of the work is based on the leaders you raise. Are you hearing this? I can tell you this. As a social science student, right? The problem of Nigeria came. One reason. We started focusing on oil and forgetting the people. So, so by the time the money came, it amplified what was in the hearts of the people. Prosperity does not change people. It only gives them the opportunity to do what has always been in their hearts. You know, some people are too poor to sin. So the real sin they want to commit, they can't fund it. That's why when prosperity comes, their wife becomes ugly. It's not that the woman was ugly. That's why you must pray for your heart. So that as increase comes, you can still have the right direction. Say amen. All right, let's come back to Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God is a spirit of creation. So the Spirit of God creates. Because if we're going to change our world, we must have to bring new solutions that are non-existent. And the Spirit of God would help us do that. Okay, now come with me to Judges chapter 14 and verse 6. Judges chapter 14 and verse 6. Thank you, Lord. Judges chapter 14. This was talking about uh, the, when God began to... The Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily so that... So that he tore him as one tears a young goat, though he had nothing in his hands. But he did not tell his father, right, Samson? He did not tell his father or mother what he had done. <laughs> it's interesting. The Spirit of God came upon him. I want you to observe how the Spirit of God he helps a man to do natural things. Right? The Spirit of God helps a man to do natural things. He tore. And this was a lion. Verse 5 tells us that. Then Samson went down to Timar with his father Mon and came as far as the vineyards of Timar. And behold, a young lion came roaring towards him. And the Spirit of God came upon him mightily. I want you to see something. The Spirit of God came upon Samson and he literally tore a lion. He says he tore it as he would tear a young goat. Now, look at this, right? It was so common to Samson, it was so ordinary to Samson, he didn't tell his father about it. Let me ask you one question. Let's say you're going from church today, and you see a young lion, or you see a lion coming towards you, and you tear the lion. Are you sure you won't tell your mother and father about it? Social media straight, Facebook, say story loading by 12 p.m. Put on your notification. Right? <laughs> now, when we read certain stories in the Bible, they look like fairy tales. But I want you to think. Because I want you to think this morning. So follow me. Most of us have never seen a lion. That's the truth. The kind of education we have is we saw, we saw a lion on Elf or Lion, first of all, in primary school, right? Say yes. yes. Because, because I'm correct. So Elf or Lion. Then later, you now started watching movies. Then you saw lion. So in your mind, you think you have seen a lion. You haven't. When you see a real 
life lion, you realize that you haven't seen a lion. You just saw a movie. The chances are when you see a live lion, even if he's on, inside a cage, you will not go near. Right? You will not go near. Surely when you see all these lions in the safari, you will not go near. To be able to go close to that lion and tear the lion, think of it, like a young goat, without a natural ability but the spirit of God, it tells you how forceful the spirit of God is. Now, if Samson had muscles, nobody would consider it a miracle. Don't ever think Samson was a big man. I know in your mind you can think that Samson was dreaming. No, he wasn't. If he was, they would not be surprised. There are things a giant will do. You will not be, you would, you would expect less. Like, ah, why not? Right? It's like we say, let's carry this pulpit. And a tall, huge guy in this church just comes and picks the pulpit. Would you say the guy has performed a miracle? No. But if maybe my, my young brother there, you know, the young man just comes and carries the pulpit on his head. It would be a sign and a wonder. What's a sign and a wonder? A sign that makes you to wonder. <laughs> You'll be surprised. So, don't think something in the natural was big. What made him big was the spirit that came upon him. Can I tell you something? If I can trace all your achievements in life to your natural strength, you're not working in the supernatural. If you can do something, and I'm like, yeah, he should be able to do that. Oh, he should be able to do that. Oh, then there's no supernatural. This supernatural is not just for shaking in church. It's not just for shouting, Jesus, 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 Jesus. No. It's not just for speaking in tongues. Some of you can blast in tongues, blast in tongues, blast in tongues. No. It is for achievements. It's called the spirit of might. The spirit of might. The Christian should be able to achieve. You know, in our church in, uh, in Bonnie Island, over time when people come, they ask us, why don't we share testimonies? Where well, we share testimonies. But I tell them that I want a church where the regular things we call testimonies are so common, we won't have to share them. That's the truth. Like they are common. People getting blessed, people getting jobs, people getting healed. Praise God. Are you still here? We, 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 we had a brother who had some issues, um, urinary issues, and he couldn't use the uh, restroom naturally. He had to put something on him. It was a midweek service. He came to service. I was told about it, laid hands on him, went back home, and he started getting better. It, it was not a special miracle service. Praise God. Aprons from Paul's body was healing the sick. It wasn't a special anointed cloth. It was just what Paul wore. Uh, there was a time I traveled. My son was down with fever. Terrible. You know, and um, I was outside of the country. And my wife called me. We just got married then, early days. Now she wouldn't call me about that. She would handle it. All right? Early days. <laughs> and uh, she just said, oh, the boy is very hot and everything. So I said, oh, look for one of my singlets. Let him just wear it. Let him go to bed. He'll be fine. Wore him the singlet, boom. It was, I didn't pray about it. Because whatever you touch becomes holy. Whatever belongs to you is holy. 
it carries the very essence of god's life you see christianity is not a religion it's a way of life that defines everything about your life defines your choices defines your approach defines your conversation are you still here defines even your expectation why will you expect to fail oh things are hard when things were soft what did you do you know because we can mentally create rough expectations in our mind we can we can create famine in our future by our expectations hallelujah so the spirit of god is what it's a creative spirit came upon samson helped him to tear the lion how was samson able to judge the whole of israel by the spirit of god now come with me to judges chapter 3 verse 10 judges chapter 3 and verse 10 thank you lord judges chapter 3 and verse 10 look at this the spirit of the lord this was othniel the son of kezak caleb's younger brother the spirit of the lord came upon him and he judged israel <clears throat> hallelujah when he went out to war the lord gave kushan rishtaniam king of mesopotamia into his hands so he prevailed the spirit of god came upon him this way this was caleb's brother remember caleb joshua and caleb when they went to the to the to the the, the land right this is his younger brother the spirit of god came upon him he became a judge in israel what is the spirit of god doing in your life we need to ask ourselves what's the holy ghost doing on the inside of us you see the holy spirit of god can make you a leader to bring change remember what we're talking about god is not making us leaders just for us to have testimony that we're not leaders no so we can bring change when god brought daniel into position he he changed that place to the worship of god when joseph came into power famine was destroyed the wisdom of god in the life of joseph look at what the king said when i was talking about joseph he says um uh, <laughs> I, I like this about joseph and it's a lesson you must learn let me just tell you this right sometimes brother Hagen will say the side journeys are, are usually better than the main main part so once in a while I'll go on a side journey this is a side journey remember when joseph had that dream right he told the man he interpreted a dream for he says when you go out remember me how many of you remember that do you remember that you know what the bible says in the next verse go back home and study the man forgot him two full years two full years means 24 months god ensured that he forgot him you know some of the things you are trying to achieve in your own human strength you are increasing the forgetfulness how is trying who is trying to most you just see somebody that has an idea like he has money you start running around them Charles is connecting, networking. You have joined all the associations in the world. You are in Rotary. You are in uh, JCI. They say uh, Women Empowerment Association. You have joined. You are in PDP Women Wing. You are in APC Men Wing. Only you. You are everywhere. Say, ah, it's who you know that will make you to go further. Okay, for, of all the people you know, how far have you gone? You see, sometimes you, you must test things by how far they have brought you. Do you understand? Hey, come on. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you have a philosophy, ask yourself, this philosophy that I have, how far has he brought me 
What is the guarantee that if I continue this philosophy, it will take me further? So you are everywhere. Scattered direction, scattered energy. You are friends with everybody because you are just looking for how to go up. Meanwhile, that's the part of destruction because you don't have values anymore. When people see you, they see you as a confused person. They say, what's this one doing? I say, he's doing this one. Ah, is he friends with this one? You are friends to everybody. So, credible people don't trust you because they are rating you by your friends. Are you still here? So, the Bible says, when God gave the dream to the king, the man remembered him. See how God was working. God gave the king to the dream. Um, God gave the dream to the king, sorry. And then he called for him. He came. Can I tell you something? After Joseph interpreted the dream, <laughs> brother, you know what he did? He says, O king, look in your whole country and look for a man. He did, he did not say king. See, the condition for the interpretation is that I'm not going back. No, he had learned his lesson. He had learned his lesson. Let your life be such that if God does not give you anything, don't desire it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's nothing I desire that God... You see, what someone else has does not impress me. That's the truth. You know, yesterday night I was thinking about the church. I was thinking about the church. And and, you know, God just put in my heart. Just build just focus, just raise the people that are coming. And I remembered how we started way back. And the journey. You see, because sometimes in life, you, you may want to jump the process that God has put in place, but God knows what he's doing. So he said, look, he said, look anybody. He didn't say, he didn't recommend himself. Then the king now said, who among my people has the wisdom and the spirit of the gods like you. And the, the man picked him. The one he tried to walk out, they forgot him. The one he didn't try to walk out, they picked him. That tells you a, a principle about life. Just serve God and do the right things. God knows how to set you up. Are you hearing this now? Okay. Alright. So the spirit of God in the life of Joseph gave him the wisdom on how to solve the famine. I've thought, of, uh, I've thought on that on our church, uh, church, uh, in, Boni- in our church in Bonnie Island on the wisdom of Joseph. Let me just say that very quickly. What's the wisdom of Joseph? Learning how to manage the years of abundance. Right? Please get on our Telegram page and get that message. The wisdom of Joseph. Listen to it. Hmm? You know what Joseph said? There are going to be seven years of abundance. Let me just say this quickly to help you. There are going to be seven years of abundance. And there are going to be seven years of famine. Church of the living God. If it is today, what are we going to do? Talk to me. What, what do you think we'll do? Hey, come on, talk to me. Yeah, what do you think we'll do? We're going to bind seven years of famine. God forbid it will not happen. With all the grace on our life, it will be continuous abundance. How many of you realize Joseph did not bind? Right? He gave a formula. Take 20% and save it. says, God, go and listen to that message. He says, God is warning you. He says, the lean cows will swallow up the fat cows. You know what he said? That if a man does not use wisdom, 
the lean years will swallow up his fat years. It will seem as if the man never had money. I tell preachers all the time, you go and preach somewhere, they give you 100,000. That's not when to buy new shoes. That season of abundance. The next place you go and preach, they might tell you, God bless you, sir. You changed our lives, sir. It is, you will go far. You know, when I, <laughs> and in your mind, you are saying, people should not try this nonsense. <laughs> so if you are a preacher, you must learn the wisdom of Joseph that the years of abundance, are you following this? Would flow into the years. Yeah, because it's not, it's a natural season. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For instance, all of you might have money this season. Maybe some um, bonuses were given to you and everything. Of course, your giving will increase. It will not be wise for me as a preacher to think you would always give that amount. What should I do? We spread it. That's why sometimes when we do projects in this ministry, people wonder, oh, who is giving? It's not giving. Most of the projects we are doing are from the reservoir. We're fixing an LED screen in our church in Bonnie Island now because it's one of our major projects of this year. They're going to fix it this week, right? They'll be talking about the project today in church. One of our board members will handle that. We'll be talking about the project today in church and asking people to give, to give for it if they want to be part of it. But we've already paid for it. Why? Because the people already gave many years ago. Not towards this, but of course gave, and we set out something. In your life, do the same thing. Every time you receive increase, it's not when to go to shop right. Once we see you <laughs> with, with fake and knife, we know that you have been paid. <laughs> oh, we just know that you have been paid. <laughs> then you just put up, we are outside. Guest location. 10 gig data. You will be doing giveaway. You are giving your life away. You are not yet at that level. <laughs> okay, there's another message I told. The wisdom of appearing less than you are. Jesus was born in a manger, yet he was the king. Sometimes, appear less than you are. It's called wisdom. Alright, let's come back to the Holy Spirit. Are you, are you blessed? Okay, so come to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Thank you, Lord. 1 Samuel 16. Go look for all those messages and listen to them. They'll change your life. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. First Samuel 16 and verse 13. Then Samuel, okay, when David came from the, from the uh, forest, eh? verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was rooted with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord says, Arise, anoint him, for he is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. How was David able to be king? The Spirit of God came upon him. Do you know why I'm giving you all these examples? I'm giving you examples of people that use the Holy Spirit to do natural things. Are you following this? It wasn't that they were anointed and then they started preaching. Right? Joseph was anointed. He led um, Egypt and began to, you know, the wisdom of God in finances. David was anointed, became king. Uh, Othniel was anointed, began to judge Israel. I'm showing you because many times... Um, I'm showing you this because many times one of the things that we have done is that we have restricted the anointing to preaching alone. 
So the average Christian, every time he hears the anointing, he sees microphone. Once he sees anointing, microphone. Once I just prophesy over you now that the anointing of God is upon you, the next day you have gone to open a ministry. Shout upon shout international. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we fight for the pulpit. We fight to preach. Because we want to appear in posters. Meanwhile, there are sectors in our world that need right leadership. Why can't you turn that company around? Why can't you turn that department around? That little business you started, why can't you grow it until people start asking you for wisdom? The anointing of the Spirit is not just for preaching. It's to change our world. I told you, God's answer to issues is to raise a man. God saw that Saul was misbehaving. And Samuel was crying over Saul. And I'll tell you, you see, let me tell you how God, how God raises a man. God does not bring a man down. What he does is that he raises someone lower than you to do what you were doing and do more than you. You, you just become irrelevant where you are. Let me give you an example. It's like maybe someone, let me use money because we all understand money examples in this country. Right? Let's say somebody was earning a hundred thousand. Huh? And the person has a master's degree. If God wants to raise another man, you know what God will do? He will give an idea to a school search person who is now earning 150. If God will not touch your own. God is not in the nature of bringing people down. When, when the Bible talks about God bringing people down, it's not like God is punishing them. He just raises someone else. And by the time that person goes higher, of course, by default, you are this level. Because God is not wicked. I want you to say today that the Holy Spirit can help you in that business. Can help you in that academics. Can help you to be a brilliant student. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't, I, I tell the students around me all the time, why will you go to school and come out last? Why? They say, hey, Bobby Gates dropped out of school. Did they tell you that he dropped out of Portacourt Grammar School? Even your university is not well equipped. You now drop out of that one. <laughs> University where 200 level, you are entering inside the class by windows. It's windows. You are, using, you are seeing girls climbing through windows. You know, <laughs> you know, going into the class like that has already done something to your brain. No, I'm telling you. He has already put a hustling spirit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, when you talk to people outside, they talk about collaboration, building partnerships. We don't use those language here. Is hustle. Day your day, I day my day. Hustle. Fight. Is everything here is, is, is fight. Even in ministry. Is fight. <laughs> Everybody is trying to just gain territory. There is a there is a <laughs> there is a spirit in us that is very competitive, very aggressive. I, I, do you understand what I'm saying? It, it can be used for the right reasons, but the way, we were, the way we were raised, it's used for the very negative reasons. So everybody's fighting. You stop a taxi man to enter the taxi, he's quarreling with you. That, ah, you should close his door gently. What is it, Seth? Is it because it's fight have started? Then he says he does not have change. You too, you have entered. No, no, I will not leave my own dead now. That's how one taxi man in a bar fight. Everybody is just angry. You know, so <laughs> sometimes I walk to the hotel and I, I want to check in and the person is angry. So I'm, I'm just calm. You know, there's a lady I, I, I went in. 
She was just no, no, no. So I just came down. He said, "You don't want to enter again." I said, "I said, don't worry, relax." He now said, "I'm relaxed." I said, "Okay, relax." So I said, "What's your name?" She gave me her name. I said, "You don't look happy." He said, "What should I be happy about?" I said, "Are you alive?" He said, "Yes." I said, "That's one." Are you breathing? He said, "Yes." I said, "That's two." Does God love you? Uh, he said, I think so. I said, that's three. He said, are you a pastor? I said, that's not, that's not the issue. Have I given you enough reason to be happy? She started smiling. People are just annoyed. Frustration. Frustrated at their husband. Frustrated at their wife. Frustrated at Hamatan. You know people are angry now? People are angry. How can there be Hamatan in February? Oh, God, now. <laughs> this is February. There's still Hamatan. <laughs> Let me preach. What are you angry about? When the rain starts now, complain we start again. You see, see, something is wrong with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Develop an attitude of gratitude. That job you are going to, don't get up with complaint. First of all, thank God I have something to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, sometimes people tell me, ah, it's a lot of stress going between Bonia. I said, no, thank God that people want to listen to me. They say, you, see, you can see certain things in, and it changes it. Why would you complain when you have a job? Have you studied the unemployment rate in this country? Put it on Google. Go, go after service. Eh, that you even have something, we're not talking of minimum wage now, that you even have where you can get up on a Monday morning and say, this is my job. Is first of all, are you hearing what I'm saying now? Alright, so the Holy Spirit of God helps us in our natural situations. Helps us. And when we talk about history makers and world changers, those are the little things I'm talking about. The next person you meet, change their lives. Encourage them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Encourage that gate man. Encourage, there's a young uh, Uber driver I met, you know, I invited him to church, I think he's going to come next Sunday. You know, when I entered, you know, he had the AC on. He had, so I, I was like, oh, I, I, I like, you know, so I spoke with him. I just, I encouraged him, gave him a, a huge tip. He was surprised. I said, no, I said, because this, uh, this is what you were supposed to do. Encourage the next person. Encourage, speak words of encouragement. You are not going to change the world by changing the whole nation. It's the next person by your side. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's the next person by your side. Sometimes I'm in the hotel room and every hotel I've stayed, I mean, I, I usually would stay a couple of days. They all like me. Right? Because you know, for some people, the fact that you have paid for the hotel, you make sure that the, the house cleaner does the work. Even if the bed is not scattered, you scatter it. Scatter it. Let them work. Work for their money. <laughs> you know? Sometimes the house cleaner gets into my room. My room is neat. I have packed the dirt. I have arranged it. Ah! Why? You see, disorderliness should not be in your nature, whether it's your house or not. It should be something you carry. Are you following what I'm saying? And everywhere I've stayed, all the housekeepers like me. They like to be on duty. They say, oh, Pastor, Pastor, come and stay in the room. They want me to stay on their room because they know when they come, in quote, it's less work for them. But it's not just about the work. It's about how you even see those people. Do you feel that because they are paid to do this job, then your own responsibility in life is to mess it up where and ensure that they are really working for their money? No, you shouldn't think that way. 
every human being, regardless of what they do, carry in them the image of God. And if you focus on that image, you'll be able to minister to them. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Even your boss that you don't like, in your boss is the image of God. In your staff is the image of God. Praise God. Alright, let's do two more scriptures and we can close here. Thank you, Lord. So David was anointed to become king, to lead Israel. Praise God. Now, come with me to uh, Luke chapter 61. Well, you can read that, but you can also find it in Luke 4, 18. The Bible says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. We can do Luke 4, 18. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Jesus talking about what God had called him to do. So, Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set free those who are oppressed. I want you to know the word to set free those who are oppressed. Now, when he said to set free those who are oppressed, we of course know in Acts chapter 9, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 36... We know that there is an oppression of the devil, which comes in as a result of sickness. We also know that there are several oppressions that take place in society. That the spirit of God in us can help us to set people free. I want you to think beyond just preaching. Preaching is important. I want us to begin to look at this city with the eyes of God. Let's look at teenagers with the eyes of God. Let's look at women with the eyes of God. Let's look at men with the eyes of God. And know that God has called us and anointed us to set the captives free. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit in us is not only the spirit of creativity, it's the spirit of wisdom. If you look at Laban and Jacob, when Jacob was about to leave, and, and, <laughs> and Jacob, I like what Laban said, he says, I know by definition or by experience, right, that since you came into me, my house, you've brought increase. Anything you join, there should be increase. You, you carry. You see, the people in the Old Testament carry that. That's why a lot of prayers will pray, they annoy me. You know, there are some songs that don't allow people to sing in our church. Hmm? Because there are songs that make you look like a victim. Jesus had already died for you. You have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Every time you are praying for destiny helper, destiny helper, destiny helper, what do you want? You know, our concept of destiny helper, right? Is a man who will just come, look at you. Because we're watching a lot of African magic. Say, what business do you have? He say, oh, I said pure water. Then the man will come, throw your pure water away. You know, carry six million, build house for you, buy a car for you. Then you'll not be dancing in the village square. It's too much movie. Right? There's something um, Brafemi taught during our leadership school. I can't forget that. He talked about the levels of people you need. Then he, um, then he talked about... Thinking about the next level. So if you are at this level, think the next level. And he talked about a sponsor. Who is a sponsor? A sponsor is not just somebody who is having compassion on you. It's somebody who has seen certain abilities and potentials in you and feels like if I empower this person, this potential will gain expression. If I carry you now to the National Assembly, I say, what's the solution to Nigerians' problem? I know what you will say. It's prayer. It's prayer. You will even... <laughs> He will shut down in the doors of the National Assembly and say, let's fast for 40 days. The only thing that will happen is lean senators for 40 days. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes, being a pastor, I talk to Christians. I talk to my church members. 
So, okay, what do you want to do this year? Let, let me have an idea of what business plan you have. That's when you know that most people don't know what they want to do. The nurse says, uh, I was thinking I would say pure water. But when I look at it again, I look at it, I say, no, it's perfume. I say, what kind of perfume? He say, it's oil perfume. I say, why are they saying? say, that's what people are buying now. So I now ask, when people stop buying it, what will happen to your business? So I have not thought of it. Do you know that most wealthy people will not have patience for your foolishness? Because they don't have time. What you are praying for, are you ready for it? Have you built capacity for it? There are people who, uh, you know, we, we try to help people once in a while, and I sit with them to talk with them about how to help them. I know more as a pastor. I know more about the business they want to do than the people who say they want to do the business. Never sit in the presence of greatness unprepared. Because you might not have a second chance. When Joseph was in front of Pharaoh, and Joseph said, okay, you are the man. He did not say, ah, sir, give me today, sir. I'll be back, sir. Let me, let me think of it. No, he just said, do this, do this, do this, do this. Do you have, we-? see, most people's problem is not money. It's not money. Are you still here? It's not money. And I'm telling you this because God, by his spirit, is going to give you opportunity this year. Ensure that you are ready for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ensure that you are ready for it. Prepare for that future. Read. When there's no cost to read. Because when the time comes, you might not even have the time to read. You know, today, many people think, I I don't just preach only Sundays and Thursdays. I don't preach only Sundays and Thursdays. The whole of April, you know, uh, NLNG Christian Fellowship asked me to come and do a special Bible interpretation seminar all the Saturdays in April. So I told them, I have to be in Portaco Church. They said, don't worry, we would, we would ensure you go all the Saturdays in April. I'll be teaching a specialized you know, Bible study. All the Sundays in April, I'm teaching a church in Holland after service. All the Sundays. Two churches called me yesterday. I was somewhere. They needed me to do a couple of training. So don't, and you know what? I realized that I have more opportunities to, to train now. If I was not prepared, I would have run out of materials. Because I'm training leaders, and all I'm doing is teaching from some of my books, some of the outlines I prepared. Your future, you are not waiting for your future. Your future is waiting for you. When you are ready, that future will appear. And the Holy Spirit helps to get you ready. That's why I'm teaching you about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just to speak in tongues. George Washington Carver. You can go study that out. Please make sure everybody study it. We'll talk about it next Sunday, all right? I want everybody in this church, go and read about George Washington Carver. So we're going to spend at least 15 minutes. We'll end our praises on time. We'll spend 10 minutes talking about what you learned. Research. Just go online. George Washington Carver. Research. Read about him. But I'll tell you something. Through the Holy Spirit, he discovered 300 use of the peanuts through the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. He was an agriculturist. And he says, with the help of the Holy Spirit, he discovered 300 different uses of the peanuts. I talked to you about Jacob. God gave Jacob an idea, right? And he says, when the strong sheep were mating, he put something in front of them. And, jo- and Jacob got the wealth of Laban. One idea. Why is the Holy Spirit on your inside not giving you ideas? You haven't been asking him. 
Praise God. Are you still here? Come on, talk to me. Are you still here? So the Holy Spirit of God. How do we take advantage of the Holy Spirit? God wants us to dream with Him. God wants us to dream with Him. Schools should come out of you. Hallelujah. Companies should come out of you. Businesses should come out of you. Leadership institutions should come out of you. Learn to pray in the Spirit. Learn to pray in the Spirit. Learn to pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Jesus could not even do ministry without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 2 verse 2. The Spirit came upon Jesus like a dove. He had to be baptized with the Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Spirit came upon them. But in the New Testament, the Spirit does not come upon us. The Spirit now lives in us. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. He says, I will send forth the Holy Ghost. Praise God. We are co-laborers with God. How many of you remember we read that scripture on, on Thursday? We are what? Co-laborers with God. How did God create the earth? Through the Spirit. If we are co-laborers with Him, how are we going to create? Through the Spirit. So we pray in tongues. We spend time in prayer. In understanding and in tongues. And then we fellowship with the Spirit of God. We fellowship with the Spirit of God. Just fellowshipping with him. Thank you, Holy Spirit, concerning this idea. Right? Rub minds with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit not just be an intangible force in your life. Let him be a person you have a relationship with that gives you supernatural ideas. Rub minds with the Holy Spirit. You know, my wife, Pastor Mary, she's very interesting. There's something I'm still trying to learn from her. You know, sometimes when you know too much, you will not be able to do the basics. That's why you realize that when a football club is losing matches, they change the coach. It's not as if the, the coach will come and really do anything different. It's just reminding them of the basics. Right? If she misplaces anything, she'll just say, Holy Spirit, help me find this thing. Yeah, she'll pray about it. You know, but when you're a big man of God, you don't want to use the Holy Spirit to find what you misplaced. Right? One day, I was looking for something. I was looking and it was, it was a document that had to do with something we wanted to do in church. I've looked for it everywhere. So I just called her. I said, come. You know, you are Holy Spirit. You will know how to find something. I'm looking for this thing. Help me find it. Interestingly, she just said, Holy Spirit, help me find this thing. I was laughing. She just went straight to the children's room, went up, went up, climbed, and picked the document. Last, in my lifetime, in the first place, I would not have thought it would be there. Right? Now, it's not that it's a special gift. That's where I'm going. It's not a special gift. Over the years, she's constantly relied on the Holy Spirit. So there is a communication. It's just like if two people are friends in this church, they can talk without saying anything. The friend can just look at it. They have just said after service, don't mind this man. That's how it, that's how it takes time. He will soon close, don't worry. He has closed his Bible. And communication is going on. What happened? <laughs> is that a word of knowledge? <laughs> Communication is going on. What happened? Relationship. The only time people want to hear the Holy Spirit is when they want to marry. You marry the wrong person because you are not used to his voice. Say, Holy Spirit, is this the person to marry? Holy Spirit, is this the person to marry? You not carry two pictures. It's too much movies. Say the picture that is heavy. That's the one I will marry. No, 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 no. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When Nehemiah was asked, 
What do you want me to do for you? Go study it. The Bible says he made a quick prayer to God. And he asked the king, I need letters for this. Listen, that job you're doing, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. In raising your children, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Let the Holy Spirit guide us into how many truths? All truths. Will all truths, including the truth of your job? Yes, it would. See, we've limited the Holy Spirit to church. And he hasn't helped us as much as he should. Praise the name of the Lord. So you fellowship. How do you fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Start conversing. Start relating. And spend time with the word. Because you can only know the voice of the Spirit by the voice of the word. Hallelujah. I want us to take time. Okay? So go study about George Washington Carver. We're going to talk about it on Sunday. Study about George Washington Carver. Study about Christian scientists. Read. Just go online. A lot. Isaac Newton. The Christian scientist was a Sunday school teacher. Hmm? I want us in this church not to limit our abilities to Sunday mornings. In this city. You know, when I started teaching this in Bonnie Island, most of our young people in church now, in sight, they are winning awards. They are winning Best Workers Award. There's one of our guys, uh, Felix. I don't know which department he is. Right? There was a problem with a particular machine they were working with on site. And they just gave up on it that they were going to buy something. They were going to replace it or something. He took a hold of this message and started praying. started trusting the Lord. He found a solution. Got it done. They gave him an award. Gave him some cash. Cash. It's not memory myself. I didn't even ask him. If it's tightened from that money, <laughs> I just remember that. I remember like two, three years ago. Because over time, when we got into the island, we realized that people had an approach to work. And that approach was not a good one. They were going to work with a sense of entitlement instead of a sense of productivity. We had to change it by teaching. That, hey, it's not like, ah, they have to pay us. No, 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 no. What are you bringing? And over time, over time, right? One of our um, sisters just, just got these, um, what do you call it? Is he experienced hire or something? One of them just moved to the area now from town. She just got in. Sister Thelma. We are seeing the word work. Opportunities are coming up. Businesses are starting up. Young people amongst us are getting creative, getting blessed. No longer are they approaching life with a sense of entitlement. They are now approaching life with a sense of, you know what? We have something to contribute to the island. We have something to contribute to our job. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit makes you a contributor. Every time the Holy Ghost came upon a man, it was to raise him for something. When God anointed David, he raised him to be king. When God anointed Samson, he raised him to be a judge. When God anointed Othniel, he raised him to be a judge. When God, are you hearing what I'm saying? God is not just anointing us so we can fall down and have a good time. He's anointing us for the problems in society. Because we are God's man. God's method is man. Hallelujah. Let's, let's be on our faith. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email 
info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.